<laughs> no more cocaine, guys. Have you ever been on your own before? No, never. Are you allergic to any foods? No. Your last relationship lasted how many years? Around 12. Do you remember how long exactly, sir? 11 years and one month. Sexual preference? Women. However, I, I had one homosexual experience in the past, in college. Is there a bisexual option available? No, sir, this option is no longer available since about last summer due to several operational problems. Hmm. I'm afraid you have to decide right now if you want to be registered as a homosexual or a heterosexual. I think I should be registered as a heterosexual. All right, this will be easy enough. Uh, we have the better half of Joy Sandwich on joining us for this episode. So, uh, known you, you don't you don't need to know him anymore uh, because no. that's that's the old version of Joy Sandwich. That's old hat. We have the new on. So, Jess, thank you for being. This is the first time, first of many. We've already decided, right? <laughs> we have because I'm you know going to kill it on this episode. You're going to have like so many demands for me to return. It's going to be amazing. So I'm real excited to be here. Joy, this is pure joy on for, coming from Joy Sandwich. I'm representing this. The, I'm bringing the joy to this show. There's a lot of depression in this grand gesture. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect pairing. I think you've already kind of hinted what your show's about. So if for whatever reason they miss Known's episode on Silver Linings Playbook, which Nothing. they should download now. If they're listening and they haven't, oh, right, Jess? Maybe, right? Maybe I don't know. It's a, it's an iffy episode, so <laughs> tell tell those listeners it. who are going to skip that. Uh, yeah. what Joy Sandwich is about, where they can listen to you, and where they can interact with you too. Yeah, I do actually think Known is better at explaining what Joy Sandwich is about, maybe because he possibly does have a little bit more joy. <laughs> There's a lot of joy, joy in that explanation right there for you. <laughs> Because you broke out in a laugh. <laughs> and thinking Sorry. about her cynicism. Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, I'm super joyful in person, but on that dang podcast, I am like c- cynicism city. Like I'm, I'm only bringing known down a peg. You know, someone's got to bring him down a peg. And that's, this is joy sandwich. The sandwich of joy is filled with my cynicism. <laughs> my depression. Um, so. That's why I drink. <laughs> get out of here it's my episode um so but no actually it's a delight uh we talk about like really cool fun stuff we like to talk about other people's joys because we've really tapped our joy <laughs> pretty full um so so we're we're going into other people's what what do they enjoy i no one i think said we had a space one i needed to be reminded of what we've done uh we're gonna have one on empathy which is pretty awesome i'm excited about um i actually cry a little bit in that episode which <laughs> i don't know How i get joyful. a little teary-eyed i don't it was very it wasn't it's I so on brand for you <laughs> my god what is wrong with me um so yes it's it's a i think it's a delightful podcast maybe you should listen <laughs> so i'm selling it that's what i'm going with i don't think i don't think we can sell ourselves that way i don't think with that enthusiasm uh, but where where can people uh, oh, sorry. tweet at okay. you? How about that? At Joy or... Sandwich. I think that's our podcast. <laughs> I am really the behind the scenes. Like I bring 
the not joy to the joy sandwich. I don't know what my role is in that that podcast actually because I do nothing for it. No, so you're, known books you're the everything. you're the talent, you know. Known books everything, I, I and he talent. does the Twitter. You just show up and exactly. give gold every time. That's, that's I your demand job. that there are green M and M's in the bowl. <laughs> I say, give me my damn sparkling water. Yeah, you can uh, find us on. I think it's just joy sandwich at joy sandwich. We're also on uh, Instagram. Known does a really nice job with the Instagram and the Twitter. So I'm always really impressed with uh, what he's what he's putting out there. Um, if you like to see puppy pictures once in a while, you should follow him on on uh, on Twitter. I'm also at Reed Schmid, so you can follow me. There at it Reed is. But get, I don't get one over much. unknown. That's right. And don't <laughs> give his Twitter whatever you do. Just Joy Sandwich and Reed hey. Schmid. That's it. Yeah, that guy did not give my Twitter. <laughs> Dave, you're yes. you're gonna you're gonna take it away with our, our relationship fixer upper here in the lobster. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely the true romantic comedy. Thanks so much for saddling me with <laughs> with hosting this one. It's the same thing as Sleepless in Seattle. Basically, Please, it's, stop. You know, you've got mail, but with a little more violence, so it's good. So. The Lobster might not be a movie that right away screams out romantic comedy. It's much more of a black comedy, but when you break it down, this movie is literally only about relationships. It definitely has some interesting things to say about how people are in relationships, what is expected, and how society treats the dreaded aging single person. After all, if these people in this movie don't find a partner, they are turned into an animal of their choice. So let's start with the meet-cute. So... The meet-cute in this one does take a bit of time. So after our main character, David, played by Colin Farrell, courts an extremely cruel woman, everything just kind of goes to hell. After she murders his brother in dog form and sees him cry, she threatens to report him to the authorities, which will lead to him becoming the titular lobster. But with the help of a maid, he tranquilizes her and turns her into an animal. You know, like you do. And after escaping into the forest and meeting the loners, these are the people who choose to remain single, given the type of movie it is, the meet-cute is really focused on this woman who's only known as the short-sighted woman, played by Rachel Weisz. And she saves his life, which is kind of a no-no for these loners, and he repays her with a flayed rabbit. So does this meet-cute work, or does the, the very style of the movie keep you at too much of a distance? So I'm going to turn it over to our guest, Jess, first. Oh my gosh, does it keep us at too much... I can't believe we're doing this movie for this this show. (laughs) You know what, Dave? This is like the fifth time we've gotten this reaction from a guest. I am so excited, though. I actually love, hate this this movie. Like, I have to fast forward through certain parts of this movie, Hmm. but I also absolutely love aspects of this movie. Like, there's, like, parts that I will not get out of my head ever. Like, I mean disturbing parts but then there's also parts that i just are like oh my gosh that's just the best scene ever in fact i was gonna tweet we should be doing this entire episode in the most flattest tone <laughs> matter of fact way so how you does lost that battle the meet cute Jess, work i don't i don't think you <laughs> stuck to your back. script on that I'm one coming yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> and too much alcohol to do that that's not gonna work so does the meet cute work i well the meet cute to me was a little bit sooner like when she sees him she sees him right at that moment and then she's kind of narrating the whole first half and then she sees him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of like a weird um, and then when she sees him, I actually love that moment because I think that she looks at him 
it's totally that romantic comedy. So, like, I had to look at this movie when I rewatched it through a totally romantic. That's where I was getting going with that. Was through a totally romantic, like, where is the romance in this damn thing? <laughs> where is the grand gesture? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And I knew it was there, but it was like, I just felt like it was so much beyond. Like, I just didn't see it the first time. And uh, that first scene when she looks right at him and he's like, high, like they're doing this ridiculous thing and they kind of slow-mo and she sees him and she's kind of describing him. I think it works really well. It feels like, you know, like you know, any kind of romantic comedy kind of thing. And then she has, she describes him and then she has this, also this uh, sex fantasy that. That was the first time I saw him. He was hiding behind a tree close to mine. He seemed quite presentable. The next day. In the city, he found out that I was short-sighted too. That night, in my sleep, I dreamt that we lived in a big house together in the city with a large, well-lit kitchen. And I was wearing dark blue trousers and a tight cream blouse. And he took my clothes off and fucked me up the arse. And as he was fucking me, a thug came into the kitchen and took the steak knives from the second drawer and attacked us, stabbing the knives into our bellies one by one. I woke up terrified. Goes through her oh, head, yes. too, which is, it, it yeah. starts out kind of sweet and gets really violent at the end of her, of her little fantasy yes. there. So I wonder if that ends up keeping us even more at a distance. Mike, what about you? Well, I mean, you already mentioned the dog gets killed, and it's not yeah, just any Mike's dog, it's favorite his brother. Part. So that's that's hor- That's the part I had to fast forward through. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I like check out uh, of the movie. Um, <sighs> Mike's 40 oh, minutes into so... a two-hour movie. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> We're done yeah, here. I didn't need to see that. Dude, yeah. I think the meat cute is effective. No? I, I mean, I don't know. It depends on how into the, the tone of the movie you are. If you're I think that the loners here, there's just as much desperation, probably from the audience by that point. I mean, you're seeing for the first part of the first chunk, you're seeing very desperate people put up with stuff just to meet someone that has one distinct trait to match theirs. And it's usually stuff that doesn't matter. Like if someone has a limp or not, that's who you're meant to be with. Yeah, and so, you know, of course, our, our hero here, Colin Farrell, picks the, the the woman that feels nothing, and he's like, oh, I can I can do that. I can, I can fake that. Then she kills the fucking dog that happens to be his brother. A little bit harder to fake. So by the time you get to, like, Rachel Weiss, I mean, maybe you're so desperate for a connection that you're totally in the mindset of the, the character of Colin Farrell that you're just like, even though what they do in the woods is not, that sweet romantic or at least not what we're used to i think you're looking for anything like the character you're just looking for some connection so desperately i didn't like the way it made me feel so i'm gonna say (laughs) no to all of this see it stinks it's no good (laughs) has no value why are we talking about it? What about you've got mail? Come on, let's. I don't know. Gears. You scheduled this, you asshole. That's on you. Uh, I think <laughs> the tone I, it matches the tone perfectly, though. Yeah, it does match Sorry. the tone absolutely. But I, I think... just don't like it. It's a tone of dog death. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, um, so true. I think I think you're both right that I don't think that this meet cute works right away. Like there are moments of sweetness there, but I think it only really starts to work when you figure out that they've created this like special language between the two of them, because they're not supposed to be Mm -hmm. seen together or seen showing affection. So they've, you know, kind of taught themselves this secret language that only they understand that are used as like hand motions and lifting your leg. And that stuff is really sweet. Like, I think that really works. And 
every time that this movie works at all emotionally, I am completely shocked. Like, I don't know how Rachel Weisz and Colin Farrell pulled this off because there's no way this should work. There's no way we should be connected to these characters at all. Cause that's like the whole point of it is, is that they're so distant and it's such a, you know, we're in this dystopia and like, it's all about, you know, hooking up with this person, whether it's good or not. And then he goes into this other world, into this forest where it's like, no, we don't want to be together. But then you have these relationships that are almost there and they hold back constantly. Like even the, the kind of leader of, of the loners and then the maid who is a mole inside of the hotel, like there is something there between them, but they will never really admit to it. And you have a similar thing here that they know it's there, but they don't want to get caught and they're terrified. So they've kind of created their own relationship that no one can see. Yeah, I think I agree. See, to me, this movie, if you're judging it against other romantic comedies or or other kinds of things that you're right. It's like, it's that when that first meet cute happens, it's not, but it's like so on brand. And so that's why I think we take so long to get to them. (laughs) So in some ways, because they have to establish so much of that tone and that so much of is understated and so ridiculous that it's like the fact that they react, um, in any way, even when like, um, you know, John C. Riley and they're talking, their relationship with one another. Like, they have emotions, but those emotions seem somewhat stilted. And at times, they take a while. And even when they're fighting, they're, like, ridiculous, right? They're, like, understatedly ridiculous in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that so they build, they take that time to build that. And so when you get this meet cute, to me, it seems perfectly, like, like you're just going, this is how people fall in love in this world. This is just the way... It is. I want to know where are the normies, where are the the people. <laughs> it's I know. Like... <laughs> it's so true. This happily married and terrified. Bizarre. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> just please well. don't die, please okay. don't leave me, because I don't want to become a, an animal. <laughs> it's a it's a better version of this is forty than <laughs> that that world out there. I agree with with Jess. I mean, it's you know on brand. I don't know what that. I, I'm envisioning a line of like lobster, like the brand from this like expanded universe, the lobster and toys and games. No, I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm sure it's fun. Good Christmas presents for the kids <laughs> to teach them about love and romance and stuff. It's a film meant to make you feel apprehensive mm-hmm. uh, about everything. And Dave, you said every time it like sort of starts to go that way. Yeah, there's there's got to be some sort of like basically weird bullshit that comes in. <laughs> and I, I do. It's very frustrating, but I, I do dig it because it's these people that have dealt with. It, it's very meta in the way it looks at romance. I think on film more so than it. You know, this is not a parable to real life. I mean, that's it's very extreme. But the way that especially in the media we build up the idea of like finding the one. I think it's a pretty appropriate takedown of it, of mm-hmm. just the nonsense that we go through just to define what the one is. Yeah. It's frustrating when you get in the woods and these loners are like no love, but hell after what you've experienced at the hotel, you're like, you know what? That's, that's the safe, reasonable course here is we're just going to outlaw love because we're killing dogs and I can't have it. So Let's just hang out in the forest. Mike, Mike would be a loner. I'd yeah. just hang out in the woods, cosplay, do whatever you're doing. I don't know. Have some LARPing going on. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they, you know, the way they, they define, the sort of value of love here is, is is certainly extreme and unnecessary. Like both both versions of it, like finding the perfect one or not finding it all, 
they're they're just both societies are making it harder on themselves yeah. than what it should be. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, by God, John C. Riley came and jerk off. He gets his hand put in a toaster. I mean, this there is no. <laughs> we're killing dogs. We're doing this to people who <laughs> try to pleasure themselves. It's just, a bad you know world. Just, Throw me in the animal factory and let's yeah. just, I'll, I'll be a mongoose. I'm ready. I'll, let's, let's just go. Let's just get this over with. That's a great choice. Poor, poor Colin Farrell can't put ointment on his back. It's horrifying. <laughs> I think, I think mine was, I think the, the not having like any sort of pleasure at all. And then you're like, but he's what got an itchy ointment? back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about it though. That's right. my favorite part about that. So, now we move to the breakup. So the breakup in this movie isn't really a physical breakup, more of a spiritual breakup. So after figuring out that these two characters are in love for real and not just a show for when they go into the city, the short-sighted woman is tricked and blinded by the leader uh, of the folks in the forest. This removes a big part of the couple's connection. So not only are they both n- not now short-sighted, but their silent signals of love that we talked about before have been totally removed. So... How effective is this breakup? Or does the movie even allow you to have any hope at this point? And are you connected enough to these characters to be rooting for them to get back to some semblance of a relationship? There is a limit, at least for me. And I I would think for most, for the general audience, on how much pain, torture you're going to inflict on the characters, the people that you're asking me right. to spend two hours with and care about. Weird this wasn't a blockbuster, uh, not a crowd-pleasing Oh, movie. yeah, yeah, I kind of kind of understand why it went through a couple different distributors before it, you know, ended up in theaters, but uh, you know, that rewatch, I think, once I got over that, I'm just, you know, I'm angry about the fucking dog, I'm angry about what they're doing to the short-sighted woman here, like, I find her very charming. Um, I on re- I hadn't considered the first time because I was so blinded by rage and was texting Dave. Oh, during nice! It. I can't believe blinded this fucking bullshit movie. I like it. Well done. <laughs> I, that's not even what I was going for. I just wanted to let people know that I text you as soon as I'm angry. You like do. Dave, fix this. I get I get a lot of those angry texts. <laughs> what is this? I'm what feeling? the fuck am I watching? How dare they make me feel? <laughs> this is Snickers bar. This is the breakup we care it. about, though. Yeah. When when Mike has broken up with you and <laughs> it'll never happen. It'll never we'll happen. We'll do a podcast on it. It'll just be a segment of the show <laughs> and then right. we'll move on to the grand gesture. I'm like, all right, Dave, make it up to me. Make what it you up. Got? <laughs> <laughs> um but on rewatch, what I'm most interested in is the fact that you know, these people that have abandoned love and say it's no good, you know, we can't function as a society with it, uh, we can't trust it, are still operating under the same rules. As the the people like they're still saying like oh okay this is your all's connection it's just such a trite thing that both of them focus on uh, of course I don't want to say it's trite that they blind this woman but they think that would solve it they think that's that's all it takes is that one little similarity between the two of them and at, at that point I, for me Dave what I I think I don't lose interest in the film entirely on second watch. But it is a bit more challenging to root for Colin Farrell because in that third act, you see him struggle with, hmm, is can I actually love this woman still? Yeah. And I think that's when you, you were meant to become infuriated with this yeah. man. He's still trapped in that world that he was kind of raised in. Like, we have to share this thing. And if I can't teach you German in time and you don't know, you can't play the piano, then, like, can we really be together? But unlike in the hotel where, as Jess said, it's so sort of stilted and there it should be. They're a bunch of strangers, basically like an adult camp right. here. It's like, OK, dude, you you've had enough sort of warmth and exchanges with this woman out in the woods right. that 
you shouldn't still be playing those like five minute dating games where you're like answering bullshit questions. So for me, that's the ultimate question is if you still can truck with the Colin Farrell character and his, you know, his debate on whether to still be with her after she's the one that's suffered this like permanent scarring. Mm-hmm. But if you are raised in a society in which you are like cognitively trained to expect and this is what it means, right? Like, isn't this pointing out sometimes the arbitrary shit we think love is about, right? And that if you are trained to think that this is what makes you a compatible couple and this is what makes you a successful couple and this is what, then then you end up looking for those things, right? That, And I think it's an exaggeration to me and you're absolutely right. It's totally ridiculous, but it seems completely part of that world. Like there's this weird obsession and I, you're right. We can see it as ridiculous, but it, because they're absolutely like, it's total like satire, right? Like they're totally blowing it out of proportion that, that we have this one similarity. Like we both like going out on the weekends. Right. And then we end up going out on the weekend and then we realize oh, after about three years, no, it's kind of sucks. <laughs> I think yours is a little more depressing. Show? Strangely. But, uh, <laughs> Suddenly after three years, I don't like going out on the weekend anymore. <laughs> what? I liked I it when I was alone. My... And now <laughs> these are how my examples go in class. Whenever I'm teaching something, it's like, I cannot like, I don't have good examples in my head. You literally like, could have chosen anything. Like anything <laughs> in the world. <laughs> he chooses like vague. Like <laughs> I don't like going out on the weekend. What were you? Howard Hughes, three years into a relationship. You're wearing Kleenex boxes on your feet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's the natural saying. course of things through dating. I understand. Right. In the beginning of the relationship, you're excited. It's exciting. You think you like going out. <laughs> and then you end up you double down. You double down on that again. <laughs> you, you had the ultimate opportunity to change your example and just nope. I'm just gonna go all in on this. How dare you, sirs? Okay. How dare you? I will. I will make this work. <laughs> I'm just saying that all of a sudden you realize. Actually, I will say this did slightly happen to me. Now, no, luckily he doesn't like going out. <laughs> Thank God you've made that clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I will say like, like, like you like drinking. Like you're like, I love drinking. This is so much fun. I love going out and drinking. And then all of a sudden you're like after about, you know, I don't know, after maybe not that, like three years, maybe it's after a couple months or a few months, I'm like, I don't really like this drinking stuff as much. Uh, I liked it better when you said three years, but two months, like two months. Mike's, all... Mike's never going to agree with not drinking. He's he's from Kentucky, the, the home of bourbon. This example. You can't. You cocaine. Can't. Okay. okay. Let's go two months cocaine. of cocaine, I'm good. I'm done now. <laughs> I feel like... I, I feel like at some point, I actually did have this experience with weed. I feel like I dated someone who was really smokes all the time. And I was like, sure, I'm I'm in. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm kind of bored now. <laughs> this is not, not sustaining itself anymore. But there's this like, so so to me, like the fact that he can't like see himself, like the fact that he can't see, not only his, he can't see it, but he has to actually blind himself, right? Like he cannot, this world society does not seem to work if you do not have something that is together. And I feel like that's like 
the ultimate tragedy, right? Like, is that you cannot see that this is like a ridiculous, that what they're, the fact that they have a limp or whatever is not anything to do with their personality. Although their personalities are questionable. Yes, they all <laughs> lack suck anyway. Of, lack of personality. <laughs> other yeah. than the sociopath, who's probably the only one that has a personality other than the rest, the rest don't seem to have that much of a personality that's different from one another. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the... Uh, the the young guy that's like playing the <laughs> the rapist who's afraid of like a seventy five year old man like I feel like that's the, that's the like and they're they're like strange like stage play I, f- I I felt like the biggest connection with this guy that in this world is like some high school student like and this is his summer gig it's like okay now you have to play a rapist he's like Jesus really like really <laughs> this is what I have to do and it's like now you have to be afraid of the old geezer who previously was choking death he's like all right I guess this is what manhood is this is the expectation <laughs> here. <laughs> so that's I me actually, that's me struggling with like okay there's got to be some third dimension to these characters <laughs> this poor kid this is how he's learning about the adult world is like i guess i guess this is what i have to this, look forward to we're doing. i don't know it seems like their their children are like constantly removed because the fact that they give them children whenever they're fine, <laughs> which i love that whole premise <laughs> that they're like if you are having trouble in your relationship we will assign you children that'll fix it and that the children yeah, that'll help thanks it's just like oh duh that's what everyone thinks um and give it to the, the couple over there that's tired of going out on the weekends they really they want seven that's true yeah <laughs> and then and then this idea that the kid themselves are the most annoying kids ever and mm. as flat and deadpan as ever it's it's now like you're it's speaking like Mike's people... language. It's... yeah <laughs> it's movie it's rules i think um i think you're right, right mike sorry. that it it does it does have a lot of work to do to keep you connected to colin farrell's character and there is a what might seem like a throwaway scene i think is the thing that keeps me connected to him and um as he's kind of trying to maybe come up with this plan and figure out what to do next He's just like sitting by himself singing this really sad song because he's really depressed about where things are. And that like drew me to him, uh, at least on first watch. But on second watch, I realized what song he was singing. And it's a song by by Nick Cave uh, about a guy who murders his love. Uh, so that's a little little creepy. It's a strange <laughs> song choice. But I think his performance in that scene like really draws me in. And I'm like, oh, he is really feeling something for her so this helps me root for them so it was just enough but it's it, this movie it's like it's on a razor's edge for me like it's very it can, it's really easy for me to go like oh i'm not i'm not into this at all and then you kind of switch back and you're like you know okay this is kind of working for me it's an it's like an effortful watch for me it's not a movie where i'm just like oh it's a nice romance i can get into this like it, you have to work so at sure. it i think so. As I said, I, I appreciate it more as a takedown of the, the rom-com because there's all sorts of, you know, bullshit mistakes we see where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's some other supporting character that reveals some information where it's like, oh, you're now you're secretly been dating a scumbag this whole time. Right. Where the whole, the whole story is not like a, you know, it's not an encapsulation of that character. And then you're sort you're mad. You're mad at that character. But then you're mad at the, the I guess, the wounded one for it's like that's all it took for you to throw this away like you don't want to like engage with the other person so for me it only works i don't i don't see these people as like characters at all that i'm rooting for i see it as the movie basically attacking the audience for like well here's here's your bullshit breakup trope that you expect and so we're going to set it up where he has to do something big to like earn back into your good graces right and what is that big thing well speaking of doing big (laughs) things now we move to the grand gesture so as usual it seems for our show there is more than one grand gesture so david comes up with this plan 
to essentially kill the leader of the loners and go on the run with the short-sighted woman back to the city as a couple. But after this, there is still the problem that they don't have a connection in this world. They don't have something in common. So to solve this small problem, David obtains a sharp knife from a restaurant, goes to the restroom, and prepares to blind himself as the credits roll in order for the two of them to share this blindness. So He's thinking about it. Yeah. He's, he's, it's, it's, he's a big, it's, a, it. it's a big grand gesture. you got to really think about it. So... Obviously, Why is he using that knife? That just seems like a bad idea. It seems so dangerous. <laughs> I think any way what you blind you... yourself is dangerous. So Are you want him to I... sign up for a procedure or what? Yes, <laughs> I signed up for a procedure where you wake up and you are blinded like she is. Good luck finding the up- good luck finding the optometrist <laughs> who's going to be like, yeah, okay, no problem. Well, well they found it for her. <laughs> you think he's just going to go back to the same guy, like? coincidence but i'd like to be blind is that cool (laughs) so obviously this isn't your typical grand gesture for a romantic comedy so do you as a viewer connect to this moment at all or is it just like too over the top and too ridiculous for you to really buy into well of course it's too over the top and ridiculous (laughs) i mean if you if if we had seen this as you don't see this as like (laughs) i can't see it as sweet even if it was in a situation where uh, you know, I, I think we've seen movies and TV shows and I'm I'm sort of I don't really want to mention like I have one in mind, but I'm I'm still thinking our spoiler culture. I'm like, do I I'm not going to name it because I don't know. It, it's it's a pretty big leap. But you see where characters sacrifice themselves for their loved ones or in a situation where uh, they know something bad's going to happen to their partner. And so they choose to stay with them. And knowing that they're going to go, they're doomed. Okay, here's one. Titanic. Okay, like the, the shot of the old couple in bed together. Is that the one you were worried about spoiling? No, not <laughs> that one. But I'm like, it's, it's a random old couple. And uh, if you really were rooting for them, I don't think uh, – I don't even know their names. But uh, they, they bite it. Um, so there you go. Some people die on Titanic. Spoiler alert. The world is terrible. <laughs> but if you're listening the to a sinks, podcast the lobster, you've, uh, you've already come to that conclusion. Seriously. So, in this in this instance, uh, one he's not had this whatever this relationship is for very long, uh, so no, it's not reasonable. And and two, he's even he seems somewhat mildly annoyed with her, like about their lack of connection. So that's quite the leap. God, why don't you I, speak I, German? I, yeah. What's wrong with you? God. Yeah, that, <laughs> you would not you would not go from that little. <laughs> quibble to like oh this guy's gonna blind himself for her this is this is going so smooth that i know exactly how he's gonna make up you for this guys argument. are the worst well i didn't say anything like, yet what are you point- guys you're, <laughs> you're right though yeah i'm glad I mean, you're you're not you wrong <laughs> Jeez. so first of all you skip like before to get to this grand gesture here you skip the gesture of him like the sweet part where he's describing to her him his own gestures. That's <laughs> when sweet. He's, Is that... <laughs> he's, Here's like, how I'm going to murder saying... someone for you. Aww. <laughs> but he's essentially <laughs> saying to her that I want to run away with you. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you're like kind of skipping the whole part where he returns back to her and he says, I want to run away with you. Let's do our whole plan. I'm going to like, yeah. And hey, if someone fucking blinds me, I want them, to, I want them my lover to murder that person. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I yeah, don't that, that part's him. okay. Yeah. 
them sure. blinding Let themselves. Like, ex well, <laughs> then we get to myself. that. So, yeah. Well, there's the part, but then, but that part, like, I think is when he's like describing it. That's supposed to be kind of a touching scene, even if we don't know exactly yeah. what he's describing. He's no, like saying works. the gestures, yeah. and then, and then the part just before he blinds himself, where that whole scene where he's like fingers, <laughs> you know, let me look at your fingers, let me profile, profile. And like those, I think you're right. The moment you gotta of deaden like, your voice a lot more for this stupid. to be sweet. I can't. Sorry, it's too much emotion. Profile. <laughs> there you go. It's so true. Left foot. It is amazing <laughs> acting for that reason because I don't know how they did it. Like I don't know how many takes they had to do, but they did an amazing job at selling. Like you, how can you in some way still make that like especially Rachel, which Vice, where it's like still be kind of endearing and sweet and be so deadpan, right? Like and essentially, uh, it's just so good. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't like the grand gesture here at all. I don't even like contemplating the grand gesture because it's like, okay, the the very as we've talked about the very. The questioning nature he has with the relationship, the doubt that has been instilled in him that she's the one. This is a time where the grand gesture is a move made out of doubt yet again, that we can't coexist unless I do this. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't find anything romantic about that. I don't feel yeah. like when you're acting out of desperation to save the relationship because you don't have faith in it. Unless, and so and I don't think the film's leading us to believe that we're rooting for this. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for the internet. I'm sure there's some, <laughs> there's oh, some yeah. people that Guaranteed. are like, yep, that's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I don't, I don't agree with his, his move uh, at all here. And uh spoiler alert, I don't plan on doing it for anyone. <laughs> not you, Dave, not you, Jess. Uh, damn it. Maybe Brody. Maybe my well, dog. I don't that's know. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I, as I was watching this, you know, for the second time, it made me think, it makes me wonder how, how I would view this movie if instead of these characters being in their, you know, late 30s, early 40s, if they were young, if they were teenagers or early 20s. Because this move feels like an immature move. It feels like a Romeo and Juliet uh, type thing. Like, oh, it worked out well for them. Yeah, it worked great for them. But, you know. Steal, the, steal that playbook. That's right. <laughs> Happy ending all around. But, like, that is a, that's a teenage thing to do. Like, oh, my partner's going through this. I have to go through it, too. Instead of thinking, like, okay. Uh, my partner is newly blind. Maybe I should keep my vision and help take care of her as she adjusts to this life of not having vision anymore. It's a really weird move, and I think it's it it's part of the distance that the movie creates because it's in this totally different world. Because we look at it as, you know, real people looking at this movie kind of like, but you don't need to share this thing. Like, you could, you know, you, there's there's many things you could share and it, you don't have to blind yourself. Like, you can find ways to connect. But their world is so set in this way of, like, no, we have to have this thing in common. And it used to be the fact that we were both nearsighted. And now you don't have any vision. So I guess I have to do this. And it, I think that is the moment in the film that actually distances me most from Colin Farrell's character. Is that he's willing to do that. Like, part of me is like, oh, I guess, I mean, like, as a thought process, like, it's it's oddly and darkly sweet that he's willing to take this step. But like, when you think about it past that, it's like, what are you doing, man? There's gotta be a better way here. He's, he's the guy that just went to Hallmark and bought a, he bought a card and a teddy bear. It's like, why don't you get to know this person? I am pretty damn skippy. There's at least one hobby or one thing that you both like. Seriously. I don't know. Do you like playing D and D maybe? I don't know. Maybe right. she like rocks like, a dwarf character on the weekends. You like books? Maybe like you Jess, like she movies? doesn't go out anymore. She hates it. She she wants to <laughs> No more cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no more cocaine, guys. Um 
I, I have a feeling that's going to be at the top of the show, completely out of context. Yep. <laughs> More cocaine, guys. I like it. You know, I totally agree with you guys in like what you're saying. In that, it's kind of like it's a it's a step of like it doesn't seem in any way romantic and in the grand gesture sort of way. Like it's not like a leap of faith in terms of like. But in some ways, to me, with the film, it is a leap of faith. Like, I mean, he's taking away, ultimately... This is what's so weird about this movie. The whole first half of the movie, I'm constantly thinking, why are these people just not, like, fake coupling, right? Right. They do have the one guy who fakes, you know, fakes the, like, nosebleeds. But I don't understand why, like, they're so willingly... Like, they seem upset that they're going to become an animal. And yet, like, so much so... No effort, one, The woman throws herself... <laughs> Out the window. Right. But then they seem like the they're not willing to make. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, oh, oh. The first floor window is so. And that whole character is so horrifyingly sad and the way he treats her. And it's just horrifying. Uh, and he doesn't treat her bad. He actually listens to her. He's just like his own. She seems like the right person the, to be with. She's a giver. That one. I don't, I don't know why you oh why you turn her down. That's right. Like, come on. I mean, doesn't she say she loves to swallow? And yeah. Really she's. I mean, like Jesus, point. you too. My goodness, check and I mean, check. She, that woman is, is selling herself. Okay, she is yeah. really almost pushing literally. Her, her. Yes, yeah. but yet th- he would rather go for the sociopath than her. Yeah, it seems like an odd choice. Like if you're gonna lie to be with someone, like why go with the person who has like zero emotion and wants to see people in pain? It's a it's a weird choice for our main character here. So it's not like they're not willing to fake it in situations. It just seems in this situation they're not willing to fake it, right? Like that it must be genuine. It must be a real defining trait. <laughs> I think I think it's like Dave I think it's the Romeo and Juliet thing. I I, I think it goes back to our expectations of cinematic couples i don't we don't we would never put this on real people but in a movie you want to see that big sweeping moment and right. i like that the movie ends with him contemplating like <laughs> you know, stabbing mm, himself. <laughs> do i want to do this <laughs> and i love that they didn't they didn't let us know like there's no sound effect you know as the screen goes to black there's nothing yeah. to clue us in we're just left with like i wonder well, if he's the very fact that he's this. even the very fact that he's contemplating it is probably a step further than most. And yeah. I would think most people watching it, I, I would think if you took Dave, you're better at Twitter polls. I would think most people would answer in the affirmative that he does. Yeah. That he probably, like so if too. they were guessing, you're led to believe he does. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think, you know, I don't think the movie, to be fair, like what Jess said earlier, I think it is on brand. I think that the, the ending is justified based on what we've just experienced. If, if he finally came to his senses and be like, you know, this world's kind of fucked up. I don't know if, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to be James Dean from now on. I'm going to put on the red jacket and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to truck with this anymore. You'd be like, where did that come from? And why did you not come to your senses earlier? You stupid, stupid man. Yeah, why now? That's The best we can hope for is him debating whether to stab himself in the face. That's all we got. That's our best, lovely our film. greatest hope. It's a great first sir. date movie. And this was a great selection. Good Thanks, job, I, Dave. What? I did not choose this. <laughs> How dare you? I don't choose anything. I'm just staying on brand, like yeah, on Twitter. Just every blaming tweet me, is Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. I want to point out that I asked to come on the show for Brooklyn. Okay, it's a little bit different. 
Basically the same, the same thing. Movie, it's basically right? the same story. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Just different accents. It's the same. That's really, it's really, really Very different. Very true. It's actually so, period. You know, they're both kind of period pieces. <laughs> there you go. So the last thing we usually cover on our show is how we can apply these lessons to our own love life. But Jess, you told us before we started recording that you've, you've got your own questions. questions. So please, you know, <laughs> All right, I got us. my first question. Are All you guys right. ready? No, but go ahead. What defining characteristic do you have with your partner? So apply Ooh. this to your love life. I want to hear what, what do you feel like you have a defining characteristic? And should you, should I kick you both in the shins? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's clear. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> that's your defining. A good and the, shin kicking. And the, the lobster, like, sense of the word, like the, their rules, uh, I would say that <laughs> something that's just very trite and I guess easier for people, people to get across, like, oh, they're the same. Uh, me and my wife, she's an inch taller than me. We were basically the same height. So that mm. would be, and she's, you know, she's fairly tall for uh, a woman. She's six one. So that would be right. in this world. We would just pair off in that regard. Like, okay. I already love her. Well, I, I, I do as well. Oh, you I, better. Yeah. I was like, she listens <laughs> to this. Go on, taller. Mike. Don't, don't yeah. wait on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like when she put that out there, I was like, okay, you've put me in the position that I now have to answer in the affirmative. I don't think I should. Yes, I think that yes, should I do. <laughs> okay, Dave, what is your defining characteristic with your... Hmm, that's a good question. I think this is going to come off a little mean, but I think both my wife and I are a bit mean-spirited. Like, I think with our Ooh. senses of humor, like, we're, we're, we're a bit cutting. Um, they kill dogs? You ever no, kill a dog? never. I would never hurt a dog. That happened that's to be... The... You know, a relative of either one of you. Well, I mean, form. no, definitely not. Uh, but I think we both have that kind of, you know, sharp sense of humor that can, you know, good people will draw them closer and bad people will upset them and they'll go away, which is great. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's the thing that we have most in common is a similar sense of humor, which, which works most of the time. But when I get too mean, then I get, I get berated a little bit for that. She's my, she's the one who keeps me in check. Like, if you think I'm mean on Twitter, if you think I'm mean now, if she wasn't in my life, oh man, way worse. So you're all, you're all similar trade is a little more subjective of where that line is. Whereas oh, yeah. with me, height, we just, just actually measure ourselves. I think that probably actually works with the lobster better. I think that's yeah. so fucking nonsensical. Like, yeah, you're both yeah. tall. Good enough. What about you, Jess? Yeah. Let's turn your own question back on you. What do you share oh, gosh. with known? I don't know. It's true. I would say sometimes Noan and I are both softies. <laughs> he definitely though, is. You're not you're not really selling that with your like <laughs> mad scientist chuckle. <laughs> I mean he's definitely a softie. I, I don't know about you. I, I don't, know. Mm, I'm not convinced. How dare you? I'm a soft. <laughs> um I don't know. As far as the defining because I do like you're right. I like that Mike had the the height, like you're both the same. Noan and I are almost the same height. Um, I think we're, I think I might be, well, I'm, depends. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little taller than it's him. All, it's all competition kind of with really you. It's always out. like, it's like she, he's standing on his toes. That doesn't count. I'm like trying to crush his spirit. Oh wait, that's the opposite. He, I'm crushing his spirit. He's bringing up my spirit. I'm like, damn it. That's not defining. Okay. I got another question. What animal would you choose? I feel like this one's an obvious one because of the lobster. And I don't know yet. For, I kind of know for mine. I actually do kind of know. What about you, Mike? I, 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 said, I said mine earlier. I, I, was, being, oh, yeah, I was being totally serious. Mongoose. It's, it's 
what I don't know. It's been my favorite animal since I was a kid. So I'm proud of the character like who would be berated later. But I don't know. I, I love Ricky Ticky Tavi and kill snakes. <laughs> that's a cobras. Great reference. I, you know, God bless you. Yeah, that's one of my up. favorite cartoons. I, it's got a kick ass theme song. So if I could be that version yeah, of a mongoose, it's pretty good. You know, they look cool. You know, climb yeah. underground, kick some ass, that's come true. back up. Get your belly scratched by a weird kid. <laughs> Sounds like a good life. <laughs> it's a very interesting answer, Mike. Very interesting. I'm just going to note that in my book. <laughs> Go ahead. Dave, you got to top that somehow. No, there's no topping that. No topping getting my belly scratched by a weird kid. That's, you know, this is something that, like, when this movie came out, like, this is what everyone was asking, and I didn't have an answer then. Um, but, I mean, I think it'd probably just be a dog. I think that looks like a pretty good life, as long as you're in, like, a good home. You know, you're not, like, stray dog out there somewhere, or in, you know, some abusive household where some psychopath is going to kick you until you die, like in this movie. But, like, you know, just a... Just a family pet. I think that'd be a pretty good life. You know, you're. Your I mean, food... you could be a big dog if you yeah, want some that's defensive true. capabilities. That's true. Yeah. You know, you know you're, I just want a life where, you know, your food comes on time. You get to say hi to people you care about. You know, mm. they take you outside every once in a while. It's good. Seems like a good life for you. Hopefully, your brother doesn't marry it. I mean, get together with a sociopath. Yeah, that's, mm. that's when you got to run away. That's when you got to bolt. Like, mm. My loyalty Four only goes so far. You hang out with that lady, I'm gone. So, Sad, like, Soul Asylum <laughs> song playing as the dog goes off to become a stray. You went straight straight from, like, my food coming on time to I'm gone. Well, you know, the food doesn't show up. Somebody kicks me. I'm not hanging out. Nope. It's true. It's true. What about you, Jess? What animal would you be? Well, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a horse. Like, it was actually a really upsetting time when I realized that wasn't a possibility. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. How old were you when you realized, Possibly oh, 10. I can't be 10? I won't deny. Fifth, fifth grade, you were like, oh, I'm not going to be a horse someday. That's I'm going to be a human. Shit. <laughs> I watched a lot of The Last Unicorn, okay? Which is a girl tr- changing into a unicorn and back, and I was fully convinced <laughs> you know that story that that and she's happen. a unicorn that turns into a girl it's not the other way around i know <laughs> like, just i'm just so saying you know. well, for all i but she doesn't remember so for all i knew i was a girl i was a unicorn and i was just waiting to be turned back in <laughs> that's all i know living the dream but that's for that's... a long time that was something but you know i you know i don't feel here's here's what i would pick ridiculous brody brody's like bullshit choice. <laughs> see when, he, when i said dog he was nice and quiet Good choice. It's also quiet when I said mongoose. I don't know what that yeah. says about it. Well, wait. Good pick. Good call. I like that. Good call. Solid. I don't like snakes either. <laughs> so the other animal that I found out in the last like five years was the wombat. Have you guys ever seen a wombat? Yeah, we're like, friends like, with Andrew online. Of course we've oh, seen a wombat. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> a little more on brand for dressing. All... <laughs> Some wacky animal no one's ever seen. Perfect. I know. And... <laughs> And, well, look, I base it all of my wombat knowledge off of a book, a children's book called Diary of a Wombat, where essentially it it gets scratches, it takes naps, and it eats. And I was like, that mm. sounds like my perfect life. It's a like, good life. Just give me a hole to dig in, like scratch me on the belly, but it's, at the same time, give me some space, right? Like, I don't want to be <laughs> like a dog where you're telling me where to go, when to go. <laughs> Let me go dig and, and be annoying at times and then come and scratch my belly. <laughs> 
So last question, go. Is there something in your daily life that you need someone else to do for you? Like Colin Farrell's character, David, needs like that little like ointment on his back. That's actually kind of difficult. Um, before podcasting? Yeah, probably. <laughs> After? I don't, I've I replaced her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is their, our final episode. Uh, so, sorry, Brittany. Nothing physical sorry. like that. There's nothing. But that actually, I had not thought about this in a while, but I remember like, when I was in college and was living alone that I would just kind of go, like you'd go to like lectures and it'd be, it'd just be random days. Not all, you know, it wasn't the norm, but I would just like go home after class or something. And then like, then they had realized like I had not like used my voice. I'd not like spoken to anyone. Mm. I'd like taken in a lot of information, but I had not, you know, engaged. And that made me feel really weird. Made me feel like really sort of alien that I, even though I had done everything I was supposed to do that day, I just felt, I don't know, like incredibly passive and strange to just have not been noticed or not notice anyone else other than like what I was supposed to do. I didn't deviate at all. Hmm. But now I, I talk every day out there to the yep. masses. That's so right. I'm fine. I don't need anyone <laughs> other than Listen an audience. to me, audience. <laughs> <laughs> I just need numbers that pop up on Libsyn. Look like, at all yes, those people I, I am talk loved. to. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a nice, uh, a warm, fuzzy feeling you got yeah. there. And I'm also yeah. happily married. For now. For I don't now. know if she's still listening to this. It's, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. it's still new, you know. Mm. Um, it's early. Yeah. It returns. <laughs> um, for me, the answer is no, actually. I don't think there's anything that I'm like, oh, I need another person for that. It's kind of the opposite. Is kind of one of the one of the ways I think that I show how much I care about my wife is doing things for her. Like my wife has you know, chronic pain and she's got a lot of stuff she's dealing with. So, and she's got medication she's got to take. So right now we're not living together because I had to move for my internship. But when we are together, like I, I will always kind of take the first step to like, let me get that for you. Let me take care of that. Let me do that for you. And we've kind of talked Mm -hmm. about this recently, how she's like, you know, it's weird, like the things you miss. You know, I miss you going and getting my pills for me, going and, you know, giving me a massage when my when my back is really hurting, like whatever it is. So I think I tend to she needs, I you tend, need to be the one rubbing the ointment. Yeah, on the back. I, exactly. Aww. And if Colin Farrell needs me to rub ointment on his back, like I am I'm the man for the job. That's not a problem at all. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Aww. Is there is there something you feel like well, you need? Known what I would have, I would have probably answered this question differently a week ago. But known was gone for like four to five days, oh, and I you know you actually, need things. <laughs> and I actually like if I if my friend had not dropped off a casserole, I may have not eaten for four days. <laughs> Jesus, I literally ate a casserole. Casserole, casserole for four days. delivery service. Okay, Did someone die? <laughs> like they just bring it over it casseroles and casserole. cold cuts, like. I wouldn't feed myself. I, the most basic human function, like eating to survive. No, I'm good. good I don't for four know days. If I, <laughs> I think I might have just skipped it. My this man. I don't know how I have been so lucky to get him. I don't know if I'm like find them and then I somehow like sprinkle some sort of manipulative dust. <laughs> over their face while they sleep which i think if i have i will patent um i'd buy that it's good he (laughs) he makes my lunch for me every day and 
I am always, I always like giving him a hard time once in a while for it. But he, like, when I was, he was gone, like, I, he got two salads and he put them in the thing. And I ate those two salads and then I didn't have lunch for the next, the rest of the two or three days. And I was like, <laughs> like a what child, is wrong you just see with- all the food in front of you. I can but eat it all. Oh, there's no food left. How did this happen? <laughs> I know. I don't know what happened. I made stuff. Like, I remember making food at one time in my life. <laughs> yes, you've already transformed. You were already an animal that has been like, we have to bring your food to you. <laughs> and you can't, like, put it all I in the bowl at the same time. To just all of it. <laughs> I demand scratches. I don't know. Like, luckily, Known is also a person who likes to give. Like, we'll see. I always say, this is what the truth. I say, one of these days, the known train is going to pull up to the, it's going to like leave the station and it's going to say, you get the fuck off of this train. <laughs> I have done too much for you. We're done. I can't handle it. And I will say, thank you, sir. And I appreciate it. <laughs> and I will say, good luck. Well, I think- <laughs> because I will be like, I ran that train into the ground. <laughs> Poor guy. I think that's a great place to leave this episode. Running the what? train into the ground. <laughs> Thank you, sir, Love. and have a good day. <laughs> Love, Love conquers all. So, Jess, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for being here for the Lobster episode. <laughs> and tell people one more time how they can contact you on Twitter. Oh, um, yeah, you can reach, um, you can, well, listen to Joy Sandwich. Um, I don't ever plug us enough, so you should listen to Joy Sandwich. I think it's on all the normal channels, <laughs> wherever those might be. Go to Joy Sandwich um, uh, Twitter, and then I also have a handle called Reed Schmied, but I don't tweet that, so you can. So yes, definitely go check out Jess Unknown's podcast, Joy Sandwich, and follow them on Twitter, at Joy Sandwich. And while you're at it, you should go ahead and follow us too. We are at Grand Gesture Pod on pretty much every social media platform, so make sure and follow us there. And if you're not subscribed already, definitely do that too. And don't forget to listen to our next episode featuring Alyssa of the Hindsight Podcast, where we talk about the relationships and love in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And if you have even more extra time, head on over to followingfilms.com and check out other great movie podcasts like the Following Films Podcast and the True Bromance Film Podcast. He would be my first man. I'm with a careful I don't believe you. <laughs> it's on all it's the channels, cool. like it's a cable TV show. <laughs> whatever. It's on USA, it's TNT, like you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't really, apparently I never pitch our show. <laughs> Why do you call me that I do not know?